Immigration Advocates Network podcast. Welcome to the Immigration Advocates Network podcast. This is an interview with Josh Bernstein, Director of Immigration Policy and Strategy. We will be talking about organized labor's perspectives for immigration reform as part of the Immigration Advocates Network series on perspectives for reform. Hello, Josh, and welcome. Hi, Pat. Thanks a lot. Josh, why don't you give us some background on uh, your organization and you, as well as your work at your organization? Sure. I work for SEIU, the Service Employees International Union. Uh, We're the second largest union in the country. We have about 2.1 million members. And... um, we were we represent um, basically um, building services workers, which are like janitors, security guards. We represent public services workers who might be social workers or might be food service workers or school people that work in schools. And we work, represent healthcare workers, which again might be anything from the people that serve the food at a hospital to interns and residents in the hospitals. And um, we are we were founded in 1921 by mostly immigrant members in New York, um, and obviously we've grown a lot since then. Um, me, I've been working for SEIU since 2000, at the end of 2000, and, um, rather the beginning of 2009, and um, I work. Uh, before that, I worked at the National Immigration Law Center as their director of federal policy, running their D.C. office. And um, I have a long history of working on immigration issues, um, especially those that affect low-income immigrants. And um, at SEIU, I do our immigration policy work, lobbying, and other types of advocacy on immigration. Thank you. So what we really want to talk about today is a a little bit on sort of how the organized labor perspective maybe differs from or distinguish itself in the overall conversation on immigration reform. And I'd like to start with the background of the work of the SEIU in the immigration debate, just sort of very broadly and in general terms. Um, how the SCIU became involved in this conversation and how their positions have evolved over the years. Yeah, well, as I mentioned, we were born by immigrants and we've always had a special interest in in the issues relating to immigration. A lot of our members are are immigrants and a lot of our members are are also um, U.S. citizens and um, people who have been here for, for generations. So, you know, when you have 2.9 million members, they will tend to, in many ways, mirror the general population. Um, so, but we at SEIU um, have, you know, looked particularly at, at how broken immigration, the immigration system has been over, especially the recent decades. Um, we've seen it devolve into a system that, um, sort of encourages undocumented immigration and um, that also is very dysfunctional in many, many ways. The, the work-based immigration 
system is something that doesn't help either the immigrants that come into the country who are often um, disempowered, unable to exercise their full labor rights, either because they come in an undocumented status or become the, or because they come un- under various guest worker provisions that are harmful to the workers themselves, but it also undermines the wages and working conditions of U.S. workers. Um, and I want to stress, it's not the fact that the immigrants are coming here that undermines those wa- wages and working conditions. It's really the conditions under which they come, which um, which gives them less bargaining power than others. And then when you're when the person working next to you has to be afraid for their job or can be deported if they speak up, then that means that you, as whether you're an immigrant or not, have less leverage to be able to advocate for your own wages and working conditions. Mm. And let's talk a little bit about specifically what are the SEIU principles for immigration reform? Mm-hmm. Well, we strongly support, I mean, we think that every worker should be a legal worker, so we strongly support um, legalizing and pre- pro- providing a pathway to citizenship for those who are currently undocumented, estimated around 10 to 11 million people. Um, we strongly support as well um, fixing our legal immigration system, the future flow, as it's called, of immigrants into the country so that we don't replicate, again, the exact same situation that we have today in the, in 10, 15 years down the future, down, down, uh, down the road. And um, then we support revamping the, the um, system of enforcement so that it better comports with our values and so that it's more efficient and effective and prioritizes properly um, the, the uh, ac- actions that benefit U.S. workers um, as opposed to ones that are harmful to U.S. workers. You know, we look at immigration in a holistic way which may be a little bit different from other advocacy organizations because we're advocating on behalf of our members. So, for example, our members have relatives abroad who they, who may have been waiting 5, 10, 15 years to come into the country. So we also have a priority for, for you know, the entire immigration system. Our members are U.S. workers who may, if the immigration system isn't done, isn't done properly, might have their wages and working conditions undermined by employers who abuse the system. Um, our, our members are also immigrants. So because our members are, are, are so diverse, we, and when we represent our members' interests, we really want an immigration system that works, probably over and above everything else. Now, you mentioned that the work-based system doesn't work, and many of our members are not so familiar with the work-based system. Mm-hmm. You know, can you talk about how the work-based system fails the members of the SEIU and what kind of fix you would like to see? Yeah. So there are two different kinds of um, work-based systems. The one is where immigrants come here and get green cards, permanent residency, and we have much less of a, of a complaint about that. Um, what we are focused on, I think, that where there are problems are are twofold. One is the, um, the what's called non-immigrant visas, or people who come temporarily to work. 
um, or others, often they're known as guest workers, and the other is undocumented immigration. So both of those have their problems. For guest worker programs, we, you know, they have a really bad history, um, both in the U.S. and abroad, of workers being brought in, but but having so little rights that they are unable to, that they are, you know, basically it can be used to undermine wages and working conditions. So, for example, um, if work in many of the, in most of the guest worker programs that we have today, we have about eight, by the way, we have about 800,000 people in the country today who are here on temporary work visas. Um, but um, so the workers come, they're there's, they have to work for one single employer, which means that they, if they, if something goes wrong in that employment, not only do they lose their job, but they have to also leave the country. They're also unable to convert. Like if they set down roots, they're unable to convert their their status from the non-immigrant temporary status to a permanent status. And then oftentimes they also have less rights at the workplace than other U.S. workers. So all those things combine with a general um, system that that favors or that bent that that sort of relies on recruiters abroad um, to create a situation which can be easily abused by employers. And there, I want to say, there are a lot of employers that that don't abuse the system and that want to do the right thing. But then, unfortunately, there also are those who take advantage of the system. Um, and I want to focus in on the recruitment system, which is one of the worst um, problems that we have, where um, you have unscrupulous recruiters who will um, make false promises, charge exorbitant fees. Sometimes they'll um, kind of take the family members hostage for those fees that they've charged, um, lie or mislead about what the job is and what the immigration uh, opportunities are going to be for the person once they come here. And that kind of abuse leads to, um, you know, and it's extreme. It leads to trafficking, um, you know, almost slave-like indentured type of uh, circumstances, which um, could be avoided if the recruiters were um, better regulated and um, if there were laws that, for example, said that you could um, that the recruiters have to can, have to provide in basic information to the uh, work immigrants who are coming into the country, and that hold employers accountable for the recruiters that they use. Hmm. And are some of these protective provisions on the table? Yes, we're definitely advocating for for all of those protections. You know, we really are hopeful that that the new immigration system that's set up will be will will be a new type of system, something that we in a way, you know, can serve as a model both in the US and abroad for how do you how do you you know, I mean we do have a real situation which is that there is, you know, our demographics of our country are such that over time we are gonna need more more workers. We're gonna be ha- having a need for more immigrant workers and you know that's something that we see worldwide where borders are really breaking down in many respects in you know goods and services cross the border very easily so do you know the internet the world is getting smaller 
And so in a circumstance like that, where goods and services and ideas and images are so, are, you know, and business capital crosses borders with such fluidity, it's natural that we're going to, you know, have more migration in the future. And it's really important to try and get that right so that that migration doesn't end up being a tool to undermine workers, but rather something that empowers workers wherever they work. So sort of in broad strokes, how could we set this up differently? How could a worker come here and perhaps, you know, bypass the recruitment phase or work with the recruiters who are better regulated and not be so dependent on the employer for ongoing permission to stay and work right. in the country? So I've mentioned some of that. It's, you know, it's really basic, you know, almost like a bill of rights for for those who come to this country to make sure that they have the information, you know, up front and that the employers are 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 um are holding the rec- you know, the are held accountable for what the recruiters are. Also, you know, providing information to workers abroad directly through the internet is something that that hopefully can be incorporated into any new visa system and then um and then creating a marketplace here in the US once somebody comes here that workers are able to you know the the, the best way of asserting your rights is leaving a job where you're being treated badly or where there are better opportunities elsewhere and so um having that port we call it portability to allow a worker not just to be stuck with one employer, but to be able to move around um, among employers is, is really important. And then finally, um, the you know the ability to not be stuck in that in that non-immigrant temporary guest worker status, but be able to look forward to being able to petition for yourself to be able to become a legal permanent resident if you get here and you find out that you. You know that you're, you get you, you know you're very happy here. You want to stay. Um, that you're not dependent on the employer to be able to do that. That you can be treated and eventually integrated completely into our, into our economy, into our social and political life. Mm. And that's the goal. The goal is to establish a level playing field for all workers. Right. And what you've described is, you know, a world where. Immigrants and citizens alike have more common cause in the labor force than otherwise. I mean, what do you say to some of the people who argue that immigrant workers are driving down wages or taking jobs? Well, it's it's more complicated than that. And as I said, I think it's not so important. I mean, it's not the workers who are driving down the jobs, and that's I think is wrong to blame the workers themselves. But I think. There's a big difference in outcomes for immigration depending on how those workers are treated. If they're treated in a manner that it, that empowers them and that allows them to work with their with other workers, and that doesn't that doesn't allow them to be intimidated, um, and that helps them to integrate. You know, where there's English language acquisition available, where they're you know where they're able to um, and encouraged to. Um, you know, integrate fully into American life, I think that that's the situation where you're going to have much less of an impact. The other thing to remember is that immigrants are not just workers, right? Immigrants who come here, they work and they do jobs, but they're also creating jobs at the same time. They 
they are consumers. They buy houses, they buy goods and services, and they also are entrepreneurs. That is, they create businesses. So overall, most of the studies suggest that, you know, at least at the levels of immigration that we have today, immigrants, each immigrant worker that comes in, they do take a job, but they also create at least a job or, or more. So, um, so it's more complicated than that. And it, but it's definitely true that if it's done wrong and if it's abused, immigrant workers could undermine the work, the wages of U.S. workers. So that's why it's important to get it right and have the right kind of uh, immigration system. Thank you. So who are some of your allies uh, in the reform movement and also among organized labor and in the business world? Right. Well, at SEIU, we have been, we have always worked really closely with immigrants' rights organization, immigrants' rights uh, advocacy groups, um, social services agencies, um, you know, the, the faith community, the, um, groups like civil rights groups, like the, um, National Council of La Raza, the Asian American Justice Center, um, the, the, um, I mean, civil rights, faith, consumer organizations, other groups that care about immigrant, um, how immigrants are treated and who want immigrants to be treated well, again, not just for the sake of immigrants, but for the sake of the rest of us as well. Thank you. And how do you engage your membership in the campaign for reform? Well, that's one of the most interesting things, I think, about, you know, working for a union on immigrants' rights. Um, there's probably... there's prob- There probably are very few other types of organizations where you have the opportunity not just to um, talk to the public, but also to talk to our own members. And, you know, our members are, as I mentioned, they're representative of the entire country. They get their news from the same places. They have some of the same, um, you know, either lack of information or or personal information that everybody, that others in the country have. So we have the opportunity, though, as a union, as a trusted organization, to talk almost on a one-on-one or in small groups to our members in order to sort of explain to them, explain to our non-immigrant members, to our U.S. members, what are the circumstances under which our immigrant members have come to the U.S. And we work really hard to try and educate our members about about the circumstances, about the, the conditions of immigration, and about the things that we're advocating for. So I think the only other type of organization that's, that's at all similar would be churches, where there's just that, you know, there really is an opportunity to do broad education about immigration. Right. And I'm wondering if there's anything else we should touch on, and, and also how people can find out more about the issues that matter most to SEIU. Well, we have a, a website. Our SEIU.org website has features immigration, especially these days, very highly. Immigration is our top legislative priority right now. Um, we're working really, really hard uh, to mobilize our, our, our membership and to, act, to, have, to give them a voice in Washington on you know, the very exciting um, uh, opportunities that we have today to actually accomplish immigration reform. It's something that we, that, you know, we've been working for 
over the last um, more than a decade. And, you know, uh, working very hard to empower our members, to um, help to make sure that our uh, Latino and Asian and immigrant members are um, are getting out there and voting and exercising their um, their voice in in meeting their members of Congress and um, rallying and I mean we just have an, we have an incredible investment right now in trying to make this happen. I feel like this is what's going on in the country today. The changes that we're seeing in how immigration reform is viewed and the real possibility that we could get immigration reform. All of that is due to a decade of hard work, um, which SCIU has been a big part of. Yeah, it has. And I want to thank you for your time today. This has been Josh Bernstein, who is Director of Immigration Policy and Strategy at the Service Employees International Union. My name is Pat Malone. I'm the Staff Attorney at Immigration Advocates Network. And this is part of our series on Perspectives for Reform. Thank you, Josh. Thank you.